I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth in Mission. And I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer, and you're also listening to It's All Political. This is a joint podcast because today is a big day. It is the second impeachment of President Donald Trump. So, Joe, what happened today? Today, uh, Donald Trump became the first president in American history to be impeached twice. The House voted 232 to 197 to impeach him. Uh, Ten Republicans joined all the Democrats to do that. And uh, this impeachment uh, only could wind up taking about two weeks, where the the one last time, over a year ago, uh, took almost four months. And now this moves on to the Senate. Right. Somebody um, tweeted that we do Giants World Series in even years and impeachment in odd years. (laughs) And I had to look back (laughs) and find when that first impeachment was because time is so out of whack. I really had no idea. But it was December 2019. So... Obviously, now Donald Trump's been impeached again. So what happens next? Next, it moves on to the Senate. And there, things get a little bit murky. Uh, For now, Mitch McConnell, who is still in charge of the Senate, uh, he said that he has no plans to uh, put this to a vote uh, before President Trump leaves office. And that will be in exactly one week, less than a week, I think, by the time this posts. Um, and mm-hmm. he hasn't even, and then, but then he added a little bit of a twist. He said, while the press has been full of speculation, I have not made a final decision on how I will vote. And I intend to listen to the legal arguments when they are presented to the Senate. He wrote that in a letter to his colleagues. Wow. That, that was a bit of a, bit of a bombshell. Uh, now, mm-hmm. the odds are that he will vote against impeachment. But still, just even put that out there is a little bit strange. Yeah, that is surprising. And I think Chuck Schumer said that even if things don't happen by the time Biden is inaugurated, that he would proceed um, with it with a confirmation proceedings after that, right? Yes, he will do that. And uh, it will be later this month that uh, the the two Georgia Democrats, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, will be sworn in. Uh, That's the the, Georgia has to sort of confirm their victories and then they get to uh, move on to the Senate. Okay. And how many votes would it take in the Senate? Well, that's the problem for Democrats. They still need to rustle up 17 Republicans to join them, presuming that all the the Democrats uh, vote for impeachment. Uh, And that the odds of that are, are really slim to none. Let's put it that way. Uh, it, the, mm-hmm. the president would have to do something else <laughs> incredibly egregious <laughs> in his last <laughs> something oh else God. in his last six the days. The nation cannot handle I don't, that. I don't know what's next to ramp it up on the ladder uh, uh, to get uh, seventeen Republicans to join. You might get at this point maybe five uh, Republicans to join the Democrats. So I, I, I wouldn't hold your breath to see Trump uh, officially uh, uh, convicted in the Senate. Um, why does it need two thirds? Why not just a simple majority? Uh, those are the rules of impeachment. They they want this. The the founders wanted this to be you know sort of a, a very high hurdle to remove the president, uh, and and that's that's what we that's the system we have right now. Were you surprised that the impeachment happened so fast? I was. Uh, I was, and I you know I uh, and I, at the same time it was it was. Um, I think the the reason was number one the. The, the case was so cut and dried. I mean, I was surprised at the speed of it, given, you know, just looking back at the at the one, as you said, it would happen so such a short time ago. Um, but remember in that one, it was it was, a, it was an argument that you really had to follow. It was a, it was a convoluted argument, unless you've been yeah. following impeachment and and the and the and the, and the Russian case for for months and months. 
it, it was like, wow, okay, what's happening? Why, why are we doing mm-hmm. this? It was all about that phone call to Ukraine, right? which seems so long ago. Yes. Um, uh, Ukraine, I'm sorry. And then uh, the, uh, but this was very, very easy for the lawmakers to vote on because it happened in front of them, literally in front of them. This was, this was, <laughs> right. this was literally affected each and every one of them. Uh, so that's what made this uh, a, a, an easier one to present. There was very, I mean, I think the, the impeachment uh, itself was just a few pages long uh, as opposed to hundreds and hundreds of pages uh, of the other one. Uh, so, th- so they were, they were able to vote on something that was, that so viscerally uh, affected the, many of them. That said, um, the, they largely fell into the predictable camps based on their party affiliation, Republicans voting one way, Democrats voting another way. Only one member of California's 11, uh, re- Republican member, members of, who were Republicans in uh, California voted uh, in favor of uh, uh, impeachment, and that was uh, Congressman David Valadeo from the Central Valley. Uh, he is someone who actually endorsed President Trump last fall, but he is in a swing district, and he uh, he was a congressman, uh, and then he lost his seat two years ago in that big wave election. He won it back this year, so he has sort of, uh, you know, he's very cognizant of not doing anything to uh, inflame middle-of-the-road voters, so he's like, uh, he said, this is a rush job, but I'm trusting my gut on this, and I'm going to vote uh, to impeach. Hmm. Were you surprised that only a handful of Republicans um, voted to impeach? Because like you said, everything happened in front of us. It was very easy to understand what happened and, and what the president's role in inciting this mob was. So what was the argument for not impeaching him? Uh, most of the argument was, you know, the, arg- the stated argument was, this is too fast. This is not worth it. Uh, Tom uh, McClintock, a uh, congressman of, uh, from California, the, the Trump country in the Sierra and uh, Sacramento County, um, he said, quote, if we impeached every politician who gave a fiery speech to a crowd of partisans, this Capitol be, would be deserted. That's what the president did, and it's what? all he did. He specifically told the crowd to protest peacefully and patriotically, and the vast majority of them did, but every movement has a lunatic fringe. So he's essentially, you know, exonerating the president from any responsibility for that. What happened last week, this this riot where five people were killed uh, in, in various uh, ways, you know, it's a, uh, during the during the melee. Um, and that's um, but many of the other folks, uh, the, the, what the unstated reason here is most of these folks are afraid of the Trump base, uh, Trump followers, the people supportive of Trump still are a major, uh, form the major core of the Republican party. And until we know where they go after Trump leaves office, how, how involved they still are, uh, how engaged they still are in supporting Trump, then uh, politicians of course live in their fears and their fear of mm-hmm. not being reelected. And they, uh, uh, will shy away from doing anything that appears critical of the president. But couldn't it backfire? Because it seems like a lot of people are just stunned by how far this went and that um, going along with the Trump base could alienate so many other voters. Absolutely. It's a huge bet that they're making. And and uh, and the bet is, the bet's really a cynical bet. It's a it's a bet that people won't remember this in two years. Uh, think, think of two years ago. Uh, that you know all the things. When was that, are, that again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and and that's the better. Like, well, people forget. You know, they'll be on other things, and we, you know, we still have this virus, and so et cetera, et cetera. That's that's what the cynical bet is here. 
But this is one of those things that this sears into the into the nation's consciousness. We all will remember those images, the images of the Confederate battle flag being dragged mm-hmm. through the U.S. Capitol, the, the, the images of people, you know, uh, the, uh, a mob taking over the Congress mm-hmm. of the U.S. like it was, you know, some third rate country. This is it was yeah. a crazy, crazy, disorienting scene. Think of how, how many people we've talked to in the last week who've said, oh, my God, I did, what, what, is, what the hell is going on? And all the mm-hmm. international um, reaction to this, they've been like, America, hey, what, what's, what, what happened to all the liberty and justice for all and all that stuff? Your country's being mm-hmm. run over by you know, a small band of thugs. Uh, so it was, it's, it was a disorienting uh, uh, moment in American history, and I don't think it's going to be forgotten. But a lot of these Republicans, virtually all of them, are betting that it will. We'll be right back after a short break. Why did Democrats decide to do this? I know that um, soon-to-be President Joe Biden was kind of trying to calm things down and not so gung-ho on impeachment. But why did it matter so much to um, to the members of the House and the Democratic side to move this along so quickly? Well, it's a it's a bet on their uh, on their side too, to a, to a lesser degree. Um, I think they were viscerally uh, affected by this. They were very concerned about, oh my God, if Trump can do this, this guy still has the nuclear codes. This, this, uh, that what else could he do? What else could he call his supporters to do? Um, and let's remember that there are uh, 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 protests planned uh, by these a lot of these same right wing groups, fringe groups in many cases, uh, at state capitals around the country, including in Sacramento and at the U.S. Capitol on this Sunday, the seventeenth. And so they were concerned about that. Uh, but you're right, uh, Heather. Biden is very concerned about this. He has, you know, um, uh, as, as many presidents do, traditionally, they want my 100-day agenda. We want to get all this stuff going. <laughs> we, have, we have a freaking pandemic to take care of. We're, yeah, we're he's not got a lot get, to do. We're not getting uh, vaccines to people. He wants to get all that stuff taken care of. And he's worried that if the Senate is focused on, you know, a, an impeachment hearing uh, for a guy who's already left office— they're like, well, wait, what about what about the business of the country here? And remember, Joe mm-hmm. Biden, a veteran of four decades in the Senate, he's he's all about the procedure and and how things work, um, and uh, you know he that that's a major concern of his. But I don't know if you saw the the, the uh, sixty minutes interview with Pelosi uh, last Sunday. Uh, she did she got emotional about this, and I I've never really seen her almost tear up uh, when she was recounting what happened. Uh, this has affected, you know, people, Tal was on the podcast the other day talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, and she wrote about it in the Chronicle. Um, this was, people saw their staffers, you know, barricading themselves in their offices, hiding under desks. Uh, they saw their, in many cases, seeing their offices ransacked. It, it was a, it was a very personal thing for many people. And I think that's what drove a lot of this. Yeah. And now some of them have gotten sick with COVID because none of the protesters were wearing masks. Right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. Including some um, members, yes. Right. And now they're complaining about going through metal detectors. Yeah, I, I, um, I was, <laughs> I I was struggling that. with that. I heard someone, uh, a, a congressman from Texas, describe that, and he said this was impinging on my constitutional freedoms. I didn't, didn't quite mention the specific part of the Constitution that infringed on <laughs> but he said it would essentially trap people in the 
members in the in the chambers and i was like i I, I couldn't follow his logic at all i, I i'm gonna have to go back and, and reread that two or three or maybe 10 times and maybe it'll make sense but i didn't i didn't follow how that infringed on his constitutional uh freedoms yeah but i haven't understood the argument that wearing a mask is either so <laughs> yes i'm, I'm struggling a lot of that. freedom is being impinged somehow <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, no matter what and we, there's also no matter what we do we're <laughs> yeah. impinging on someone's freedom <laughs> There's also the idea that maybe um, the Senate should wait um, a couple of months. Can they wait as long as they want? Oh, yeah, to? they can wait as long as they want. Um, it's mm-hmm. as soon as uh, the and uh, I think uh, there was one school of thought. Jim Clyburn, a congressman from South Carolina, is very tight with Biden. Said, "Why don't you hold on to it for you know a hundred days so we so we can get through his uh, hundred day uh, agenda." And then bring it over. the The challenge with that is, uh, even though this was such a uh, a, a very intense, visceral uh, event that happened, you know, memories fade. People that the, the moment is lost, uh, and you know, if they had any hope of, uh, you know, getting uh, seventeen Republican votes, that would surely be lost if they waited that long. Um, and plus, it kind of it, it makes it look hollow that this was uh, mm-hmm. all about trumping an urgent an imminent threat to the country, which is what Pelosi and others have said, if they're going to wait 100 days. I'm like, well, okay, well, mm-hmm. how much, how imminent of a threat is he going to be? Um, the other thing that Congress can, that the Senate, I'm sorry, can do after they, uh, if they should, I should say, uh, convict him, is that they can ban him from holding future federal office. Uh, mm-hmm. And and oddly enough, that has a lot of appeal to Republicans, particularly the handful of Republicans who, who want to run for president. They're like, mm, That's I, true. I might I might vote for that, um, or they might you know convince their friends in safe seats to vote for that, um, so they wouldn't you know look like they're you know taking out a competitor in such a uh, in such a petty way. Yeah, got it. And um, what are you anticipating for next week? The inauguration is on the twentieth, and there's already a lot of extra security in D.C. Do you think that we're going to see any kind of Repeat, or are people so um, cautious and they're preparing a lot more than they may have? Um, I I think we're going to see. First of all, this is going to be the uh, an inauguration like none other we've seen. It's going to be you know largely virtual. Um, Biden himself has told people don't come to Washington. Number one, mm. it's you know we don't want a super spreader event here, and so you know we'll we'll enjoy this uh, the way we enjoyed the uh, conventions and such. Um, but enjoy is a strong enjoy word, yes I know <laughs> only only a select group enjoys those things uh so the um uh, but it's it's already a lockdown in fact today uh, during the during the um the vote uh, uh and the and the, and the debate there were national guard all through the capitol and ringing the capitol they're already the, the place is looking like a fortress I've, I've attended several and covered several inaugurations they uh and, and especially in recent years they've been very much uh uh, you know, like the Washington DC goes on armed lockdown. Uh, I was there four years ago for Trump's inauguration and the, this, there was a lot of demonstrations there. I mean, there were, they were all over the place, uh, largely peaceful. Um, so the, the, the Washington is no stranger to protest during in, in inaugurations. Uh, but this, this group is a, is a little bit on edge. Uh, they, they have shown their true colors uh, last week. And so, um, and especially after the failure of security during, during last week's attack, uh, everybody is on a heightened alert. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Fifth in Mission. And I'm sure you're going to want to thank me for joining I'm, you on It's I All was Political. Ju- I was just about to say thank you for joining. <laughs> no, you're joining me on, on It's All Political. 
a very special. And thank you. I, I think some have <laughs> called this a uh, an iconic collab. Yeah, I think that was your very cool dog. Yes, well, that's what it was. <laughs> well, thank you to each other. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. And we hope that you and your families are safe and healthy.